Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Our membership is diverse and inclusive. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Arizona, Alaska, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Montana, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey guys, it's Thursday, February 3rd, and something uh, just took place today. The Oregon legislature is in session. They're in a short session, and it began on February 1st. The uh, one bill that we are the most concerned about had a reading today in committee, and they are asking for testimonies. So we're going to put some information in the show notes about that. Hopefully, Oregonians will listen to this podcast and get that information. If you live in Oregon, please share it around because this bill will essentially cripple school board effectiveness to the point that eventually they will do away with the school board. Now, that's my, you know, that's my analysis, my personal analysis, but I believe this is an attempt to neuter school boards so that they have absolutely no power. The bill number is Senate Bill, or SB, 1521. Remember that, SB, 1521. It's in the Senate, it's in a Senate Education Committee. The purpose of this bill is to require a 12-month warning or notification of the school board's desire to terminate a superintendent. That's the bottom line. 12 months. Now think about this, guys. Oregon, like most states, is an at-will employment state, which means employers in Oregon have the right to discipline or fire employees at any time and for any reason or for no reason at all. So imagine if you had somebody working for you, you know, around your house or or at your place of business, and um, you were dissatisfied with their their performance. Uh, they weren't um, following your wishes, which a, an employee is supposed to do. That's why you you hire them. That's why you're the boss. That's that, that's where the term comes from. <laughs> I'm the boss, and you're not. So when a superintendent of public instruction decides that they want to do whatever they want to do and not follow the board, the board's decisions, the board policies, then you've got a problem. 
And that's what happened in Newburgh, Oregon. And that's where this bill is emanating from. They watched the superintendent fired in a very short period of time. And actually, he was fired at will because he was not following the direction of the school board who hired him. The school board itself hires the superintendent. So now, with the, with this change in law, superintendents will be put on notice uh, that they will be terminated, but the termination cannot occur for 12 months. An entire year of having a superintendent who is insubordinate to their, to their employer. That is a recipe for disaster. I'm going to put information in the show notes. Any of you who live in Oregon, pay taxes in Oregon, work in Oregon, care about Oregon, please, please send your testimonies in to the Senate Education Committee. Thank you so much. Okay. Now, item number two for the day is uh, inspired by a letter that I received from a fantastic person uh, who started a legal defense organization called Child and Parental Rights Campaign. Her name is Bernadette Broyles, Esquire. She is a, a very uh, knowledgeable and committed and passionate attorney defending the rights of parents. And we appreciate her so much. Bernadette and, and her fellow attorneys tried to appeal a lawsuit that Parents' Rights in Education uh, was part of. We were plaintiffs in a lawsuit against Dallas School District, Dallas and, Dallas and Oregon School District, in regards to same-sex bathrooms, locker room use, etc., by students who were considered transgender. We were not successful, unfortunately, but we follow them and encourage you to contact them. Their information is on our website under the tab titled Partners, and I'll put that link in the show notes. So Vernadette sent out an announcement about two cases that they are working on. The first one is in New York State. It involves parents whose daughter was being called by a boy's name and male pronouns by the school, despite the instructions of the parents and the daughter's therapist that it was not in her best interest to be trans-identified. Even though the parents had been getting their daughter help privately for her significant mental health issues, school officials dug in their heels and refused to honor their request that they treat their daughter as a girl. Bernadette and her law firm sent a very strongly worded letter demanding action and submitting a psychiatrist letter stating that it was not in the child's best interest to affirm her fictitious identity. Thankfully, Child and Parental Rights Campaign just received word that the school district caved. Great news. Huge victory. They protected the rights of those parents to safeguard the well-being of their child without even 
having to file a lawsuit. Think about that. That's a great example. It could happen in your case. I encourage you, if you are fighting anything like this, struggling, contact Child and Parental Rights Campaign. They have another story. Amazing. The second matter is in Florida, and it's even more infuriating, and um, they are already in federal court. So on January 5th, Wendell and Maria Perez got a call from their 12-year-old daughter's school counselor that they needed to come to the school immediately. When they met with the principal, the assistant principal, a Clay County police officer, and the school counselor, they were informed that their 12-year-old daughter had tried to commit suicide at school twice in two days. Shocked, the parents asked why this had happened. Of course they would. The school counselor responded that it was because of the child's gender identity issue and that she knew the girl's parents would not be in agreement because of their Catholic Christian beliefs. Can you imagine this happening to you? How dare they make those kinds of presumptions? Prior to the incident, their daughter had not exhibited any signs of gender confusion or questioning of her biological identity as a girl. Now, that's very, very important. The parents were absolutely clueless. Now, I do know one thing, guys. There is something called a glisten confidentiality policy that many schools are adopting. And that policy requires school staff to keep any information about their students in regards to uh, gender confusion or gender identity from parents. So it's not surprising to me at all that they didn't know because I'm sure that their daughter was coached not to talk about it with her parents, that they wouldn't be happy with her. And this was for her own protection, not to discuss it with her parents. And this is this has got to stop. This is a horrible, horrible thing that's going on in our public schools. So Bernadette's letter goes on, and she explains what happened. When the parents pointed out that they had not been told by any school official about the surreptitious meetings, they were told that confidentiality issues prevented them from notifying the parents, even though their parents are protected under the United States Constitution and Florida has a strong Parents' Bill of Rights. The administrator did not provide any legal authority for this remarkable assertion. The Perez's daughter was taken to a local hospital by the police. The parents were not given the opportunity to talk to their daughter to the hospital or to ride with her to provide her comfort on the trip to the hospital. Unbelievable. She was later admitted to the Behavioral Health Hospital, all without her parents uh, present, and kept until January 12th when she was released into her parents' care. Now, mind you, uh, this, this situation took place on January 5th. So that was an entire week later. 
This has been a perfectly healthy and normal girl before the school counselor became secretly involved. On Monday, January 24th, 2022, Child and Parental Rights filed a lawsuit in the federal district court for the Middle District of Florida on behalf of the Perez family against the superintendent of Clay County Schools and the principal, assistant principal, and the counselor for violating their parental rights. These school officials substituted their judgment for that of the parents and in doing so, place this child's life at risk. They now own the harm they caused. This case has been covered on the Ingram Angle on Fox News. If you haven't seen it already, we are including the link to the news story in the show notes. See you next time. This is Parents' Rights Now. Oh, and please check your show notes. We have a link to a brief questionnaire. We'd really uh, love to have you fill out. You could help us out a lot if you would do that. Uh, Give us some feedback about what you think about pre. Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. Um, You know, we have ongoing expenses every month and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute. So you might want to consider that if there is a chapter in your state, uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And Pre keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events and we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. And um, anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Thanks much.